Thank you for being part of Mariners today. I'm glad that you're here. I'm Paul. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, one of the exciting things that, that happened is, uh, as you look at the flowers here, um, you had 15 kids that went up to camp and said, I want to give my life to God. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. So, yeah, our thanks to all the, uh, all the leaders and all the counselors that were part of that, um, that spent time a week of their life with kids, shepherding our kids and working with our kids, and that your influence um, went a long way. Uh, to help that make that happen, and all of you that prayed, and all your parents that forked out a lot of money to do it, and all that kind of stuff, it, it's, a, it's a great thing. Hey, here's a picture, I want to show you a picture of me going to church when I was a kid, um, a little kid right here with my brother and my mom. You can recognize me, uh, I'm the better looking one right there, so, <laughs> you know, my mom, my mom, usually we wore clip-on ties um, at that time, we, we, we didn't have, my mom's petite actually, um, believe it or not, she's standing up on a step. She's only about 5'1", and so we were all about 18 inches tall at that point in time. She was really small. <laughs> anyway, as, as I got older, we would continue to go to church, and we would continue to dress up. And, and I finally asked my, my mom, why, why do we have to get dressed up to go to church? And my mom would say, what? For God. And, and I would say, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't think God cares. And she would say, I care, so put on that clip on tie. <laughs> Let's get going. <laughs> And, 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 you know, it's, 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 it's really okay to ask the question, you know, why do I got to dress up to go to this thing? In fact, it's really okay to even ask the question, um, why do I even go to church in the first place? I mean, what is the point of that? Why do we even come here week after week and, and come to a place like this? I mean, can't you meet God at the beach? Or can you meet God walking up, up in, in, the, in the redwoods or at home? You know, can you meet God watching the giants? No. God's abandoned the giants right now. So that's that. <clears throat> some, some of our youth, you got back from, from Hume Lake, and you had a huge experience with God. I mean, you had this great experience with God. And, and, and you come back, and it's like, oh, it's still the same here, you know. It's still Paul, you know. It's still the same guy, and it's still Mark, and it's still the same type of music. And so much happened up there at camp, we sometimes wonder, why can't, this be more like that mountaintop experience. In fact, the question could even come back again, do I even go to church? Why do I even do that? But if I'm continually asking why I go to church, it means I might have a wrong idea of this whole thing, the whole thing that God is doing. Because church is not a building, and it's not a meeting time and a meeting place. It's, it, it, it's, it's not just simply Sunday morning at 9.15 or 10.45. It's not a place where we just play music and hear an incredible message by a good-looking guy. I mean, it's nothing like that. <laughs> what it is, it's the movement of God in the world. That's what the word church is supposed to symbolize, God's movement through the world. We just gather here to kind of get built up and to be able to express ourselves. But it's the whole movement of God in the, in the whole world. Jesus said this, I will build my church, and the gates of hell can't stand against it. And then he said this, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, now we look at that word power and we say, so what power? You know, what's the power that we're supposed to get? You might say right now today, I don't, I don't particularly feel a whole lot of power. You might say, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I feel powerfully sleepy or I didn't eat. So I'm powerfully hungry or I'm powerfully powerfully restless or something like that, but we want to talk about this morning the 
power there that God has for us and for our lives and for a place like this and for his movement in the world. Would you take a second and pray with me, please? So, Lord, thank you for now these moments and this time. And give me words, give us thoughts. Holy Spirit, be free here in Jesus' name. Amen. Summer series we're going through, we're calling it Unstoppable. Um, and, and it's because we're talking about the book of Acts in the Bible. And the book of Acts is the beginning of this movement of Jesus Christ throughout the world. And we say, well, why is it called Acts? Well, Acts would actually be translated the actions, and it could be the actions of the apostle or the actions of God's spirit or the action of the church throughout the whole world as it began, it began to spread. And it says this, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. They would be the disciples. These would be the, the 12 of Jesus, and there were a few more that had gathered around with them, and they were meeting in, a, in probably the courtyard of, a, of somebody's big house. And, and they were there on the day of Pentecost, and Pentecost was a big deal in Jerusalem. It was a holiday festival, okay? And people from all over the place would, would come in. Not just simply people from the, from the country, but they would come in from all other countries as well because it was a big thing to come to Jerusalem for, for Pentecost. Big holiday, a lot of stuff going on in the city. Kind of like Pumpkin Festival here, you know? Kind of like Pumpkin Festival, but only they didn't have the horrible Brussels sprout stuff that they served there. So it's kind of like, kind of like that. And the city got just swelled. It got huge. And you have people everywhere from everywhere. You got it? I mean, it's just like the whole, the whole big deal. And it goes on. Suddenly it sounded like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that, that separated and came to rest on each of them. And you're thinking, ooh, you know, that's a little bit weird here that's going on. The disciples are praying and eating donut holes or whatever, and, 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 and all of a sudden the blowing of a violent wind came and what seemed like tongues of fire came and rested on these guys' heads. We're not done yet. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And now you have these people beginning to speak in different languages. Languages that they had never learned before. It would be like one minute they're all speaking Aramaic, which is what they spoke. And then the next, one guy starts speaking Spanish. And somebody starts speaking Korean. And somebody starts speaking Hindi and Italian and Portuguese and French and Greek. And, and, and you name it. And they didn't know these languages. And you think, what the heck is going on? Well, in verse 4, it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus had said earlier, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. And this is part of the power that happened at that time. And they're all speaking these languages. So what's the point with that? You know, what's the point with that? Well, here it comes. Now, they were, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. They had come here for Pentecost. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking, there we go, in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, Egypt, and parts of Libya, visitors from Rome, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own language. And yeah, this is so cool, you know? All of a sudden, they're hearing these guys that never took a French class speaking in French and never took a Korean class, and they're speaking Korean. And they're hearing about everything that God had done, this whole thing about Jesus Christ, in their own language. 
So what's going on? Well, God is doing something new. And this is the beginning and the kickoff of this thing called the church. And again, not here the church building, but this whole movement of God. And those, those that God is beginning to work through. Now, now the Pumpkin Festival um, um, is really not that significant here. I mean, apart from a lot of people making a lot of money on it. But this day of Pentecost was. And, and Pentecost, and, and, and this is just simply an as, a side note, but it reveals the consistency of God in life. Pentecost was also called the Festival of First Fruits. And what would happen is people would traditionally, they would take the first of their harvest and they would bring it into the city. You know, they'd just bring it into the city, the first fruits. Meaning God has provided for me and now I'm going to be giving my first fruits to God. This is kind of what God has done. The newness that God has done for me and I'm going to bring it in and present it to God. God, here's what you produced. Here's the good thing you've done. The first of the harvest. And now you have the meaning of all of this. What it's saying here is believers in Jesus Christ are now the first fruits of what God is doing in this world. These believers at that point in time were the first fruits of God making people new in Christ. It's a new thing. Well, why the language thing? The language thing was for God to say, look, this is not just simply for you people in Jerusalem. It's for every place, all over the place. Now, the second thing is, is, is we have power. And, and again, Jesus said you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And, and then there's the tongues. And later on, there'll be healings. And later on, there'll be prison doors kind of blow open. But it says this, everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. And we want to say, okay, time out, you know, because there's a little disconnect here. You know, I come here to Mariners and I don't see a whole lot of signs and wonders, you know. Jesus took five loaves and he fed 5,000 people and we sometimes run out of donut holes back there, you know. What's the big deal with this, with this whole, whole thing? You know, why, why aren't there a lot of miracles today? Well, a couple things. Um, one is, as you look through the Bible, this kind of stuff did not happen all the time. Miracles were kind of just sporadically tossed in, usually when God was kicking off something new. So not a lot of miracles are in the Bible. You think, oh, it's just nothing but a bunch of made-up miracles. It's not. God did it specifically for specific times. Um, second thing um, is God does these things when God needs to do these kinds of things. God can do miracles when God needs to and wants to do miracles. He can and he does. It's not an unheard of, it's not an unheard of thing. I was down in Mexico a number of years ago working with high school kids. We went down there for a week and um, we were ministering to a village um, kind of way out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you drive down to where we camped and then you drive another 50 miles to no place. I mean, it was uh, your classic small old, little old village and 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 um, there was a pastor there trying to make it, you know, in a, in a church. And so he had a little kind of an adobe church building and all that. And they did have electricity, um, which was fairly new to them. And so what we did is is, is the big night was going to be Friday night where we were going to show 
the film Cross and the Switchblade. I don't know if you want to go way back in time and remember that one. But it's about a gang member that came to know Christ. And it was translated into Spanish, Spanish subtitles and all this kind of stuff. And so, so what we did is we'd gone down and we worked with the kids throughout the whole week. You know, we'd work with the kids the whole week. And we passed out flyers and we, we introduced ourselves to some of the families around the area, you know, in this little village and invited them to come to this Friday night thing. And the Friday night thing is going to be the big deal. I mean, that's going to be the big deal. And so Friday, I was in charge of the projector um, for that thing. And I set the projector up on Friday afternoon <coughs> and getting, getting prepped for it. And I set it up and angled it right. And I plugged it in and, you know, the light came on and turned it on. And I realized that during the, the, the travel from the United States down into Mexico, it had jostled. And the little plate that held, and this is a film projector. This is before digital stuff even existed. Color had existed by that time. I just want to let you know, but this is way back in. The little plate that was to hold the film against the light had snapped off, snapped off, broken. It was gone. And so when the film would run, it had nothing to hold it on. And if you know anything about AV equipment, basically you couldn't see anything at all. It was just a bunch of blur and, and, and jiggles. And I'm thinking, we are in deep trouble here because this thing's not working. It's just not, it's not working, you know? And so I'm, I'm thinking, uh-oh, so what do we do? So I'm trying it. I tried it. I tried it this way. I tried it that way. You know, I tried to hold my finger on it, tried to push against it. Nothing was working. Absolutely nothing was working. And so um, we got all of these people starting to gather in, you know, and the little kids are sitting here, and the, and, and the moms are sitting there, and the guys are all standing in the back because that's what Mexican guys did back there in that village. They're all standing in the back waiting for this film thing to start. And I thought, we, I, got, I got nothing. And so I took five high school guys that, that I was working with, and I said, okay, guys, um, you're going to help me. And they're going to say, well, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to pray. We're going to pray like we've never prayed before. And what do you pray for us? We're going to pray that somehow something happens because I don't know what's going to happen with this one because I've tried this thing. It's not working. And so we prayed. We prayed. And we turned on the projector, and it worked. It worked for an hour straight. Now, afterwards, afterwards, I tried it, tried it on. It didn't work. It never worked again. We took it back home, and we junked it. But for that moment of time, because God needed something to happen, it happened. And I'm not a big, huge miracle kind of guy, you know. I'm not. I, honestly, I don't, I don't look for miracles around every corner and, and all that kind of stuff. But I know at that point in time, because God needed something to happen, because people needed to hear the message, it worked. It does work. God does do those kinds of things. And, and, and the third thing is, is I just kind of want to mention on this one, is suppose there were a couple of churches on the, on the same street, you know, two churches, one here, one here. And, 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 and this church was just simply kind of quietly doing their ministry, helping people find Christ, meeting the poor, serving the poor, and those that were oppressed. They were kind of saying, we're going to simplify our lives, and we're going to be able to give more and help this community and help other people that are, that are, that are in this community. And suppose this church down the road, when they prayed, people would levitate, okay? Follow with me on this one. They'd levitate. They'd float off the ground, eight inches, six inches. They'd float six inches off the ground. The more they pray, the more people would levitate six inches off the ground. Which church do you think would get more press? Which one? Oh, it would be this one, of course. This one is doing all kinds of miracles. People would want to see, and yeah, can I really do that? And are they really levitating and all this kind of stuff? Which one would get more press? Of course this one would, you know, because we think, whoa, the Holy Spirit must be really moving in this one, but the Holy Spirit isn't really moving much in this one. Realize that? That's kind of how we as people are. And that's why Jesus was not that up on miracles. Because we kind of look for the pageantry. We kind of look for all the big explosions and splash. When Jesus came, this is, this is what he said. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
And he said, these are going to be the signs that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, the oppressed will be set free. And he's talking about this all in spiritual terms. And he began to speak to them, the scripture you have just heard has been fulfilled to this day. And we sometimes think, well, man, we really need to see all these miracles. You know what a great miracle is? That's 15 miracles right there. You understand that? People who were dead in their sins and in their life, kids said, I want to know the living God. And what they did is, is they experienced the living God, a new life came into their lives. There's no greater miracle that happened than that. And miracles happen when you all of a sudden realize that my neighbors are struggling and hurting and I've never done anything to help them out. And you all of a sudden are filled with gentleness and compassion for them and you reach out to them and you spend an hour over coffee just listening to the things that are going on in their life. That's the Holy Spirit movement. The Bible would say this, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, how you know the Holy Spirit's really working in your life, is not levitation, you know. It's, it's not all of a sudden you're just simply going off into some daze or some trance. The way you know the Holy Spirit's evident in your life is when you have more love. Supernatural love. Love for people you never would have loved. And you have joy. Joy even though your circumstances are really crappy. You have joy. And you have peace even though things are falling apart. Love, joy, peace. And you can find these in the book of Galatians. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's the sign that the Holy Spirit's working in your life when those things are building in. The Bible says this, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge and I have such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be isn't that cool? That's a sign of the Holy Spirit's movement, moving within us. Sometimes when we, we sing songs, um, um, some of you, and I love it, I love it when you do it, some of you are much more expressive in worship. You know, some of you really express yourselves well. And you know how to do it. You know how to do it well. You know, you're, you're, you get your hands up in the air. Some people you know, put your hands up in the air. And for those of you that might be new to the church, what that is is, is people saying, God, I'm, I'm surrendering to you as the Holy One. Or sometimes movement like this kind of God, you know, kind of symbolically gesturing, fill me, fill me, or I'm just kind of raising my hands to you as being holy, you know, and, and, and great. And I, and I love that. And again, feel free to, to do that here all you want. If you want to even express yourself by kneeling in the front and worship, that's great too. Please feel free, your freedom to do that. I am just kind of, I don't know, I just don't, I just, I'm not very expressive, you know, that way. I'm just not. And you guys know me. I'm just not kind of out there. I'm a little introverted and shy and all that kind of stuff. And, and so it doesn't really happen to me. And poor Mark, poor Mark Keith, he, 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 he's, he gets in the moment and he gets into this. And we've been working together for a really long time. And, and, and Mark really wanted to see me. This is, this is a long time ago. He wanted to see me be much more expressive in my worship because he just didn't feel like he was getting through to me, you know. And it's like it should be really important to get through to the pastor here, you know. There's, there's some kind of expression because he just kind of sits there and I've got the face, you know, Resting face looks really grumpy and all that stuff. And all that. It's the way I am. You know, I'm sorry. It's, it's the way I blame my mom, my petite mom. Anyway, so one time I was sitting there, you know, sitting right there, and, and Mark's, you know, getting, he's doing the message. He's really getting into it, getting into the music, and, and, all, and all of a sudden he sees me. He sees me doing this, and Mark is just, whoa. He's, he told me, he says, I'm getting really excited. Paul's finally going to do something, and I, and I do this, and I go, 
<sighs> next thing, the next thing is um, unity happens. Unity happens when the Holy Spirit is present. All the believers were, were together. Listen to this. And they had everything in common. They had everything in common. Believers together. Like this, okay? We had everything in common. We would sell our possessions and goods, and we would give to anyone as they had need. Every day we continued to meet together in the temple courts, broke bread in their homes, and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. We'll talk a little bit about this more in the next few weeks. doesn't mean we're going to go into a communistic form of, 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 of church here, but what it does mean is this saying, man, what's mine is yours. I'm going to open my heart for it because we're in this thing together for God. I'm going to ask you to fill this one in. Right, just write this in. There's a sense of awe, if you would. Just write in a sense of awe. You're taking notes. Um, if you go back to Acts 2.43, it says there was a sense of awe that was through it. And the Holy Spirit's presence should leave you with a sense of awe. That there's a whole lot more here than I ever could have imagined. All of a sudden, I'm moving into areas that are deep, but they're good deep. They're God deep. And I would hope that through the time of worship and music or even the time of prayer, there is a sense of awe of what God is doing and what God has done for you and in your life. And that's why you say, well, why do we do the songs? You know, why do we do these songs? And why does Mark even pause in the songs and let us? Because he wants us to connect with a sense of awe, that we would come away with an experience of God Sometimes, sometimes like, like this. And sometimes you think, well, man, you know, we talk about the Holy Spirit. Is there, is there really something more I need to be doing? I mean, there's something more to spiritual living, like a key experience I'm, I'm missing out on, you know. What do I need to do, do more of? Do I need to fast more? You know, do I need to, to maybe raise my hands? If I raise my hands, will all of a sudden God do something? It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. I love what Paul said. Paul, he, and he spoke in tongues, and he healed people, and he had visions. He said this, 1 Corinthians 14.1, you chase after spiritual gifts, you should pursue love. I think if you pursue love for God and you pursue love for others, when you begin to do that, something happens. God begins to work now in your life as you pursue him more and more. Pursue love for other people and Pursue love for God. Long to pour yourself to him and pursue love for the people sitting around you. And that will include forgiveness, patience, kindness, going outside your comfort zone to do the things that God's calling you to do. That's the movement of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to invite you to bow your head right now if you would.